Hey there, welcome to the Path Podcast. I'm Derek. And I'm Jason. And this is episode 129 of the Path Podcast, and we are back in the book of Revelation, mm-hmm. and we are making a sprint to the end. So uh, yeah. we'll be in this for quite a few weeks, and mm-hmm. uh, we'll close it out yeah. at the end of this. So. And if it'll be here before we know it, then yeah. it'll, it'll come quick. And, and we began with somewhat some encouraging information you know we've we've been in um 16 17 18 we talked a lot about judgment <clears throat> and it's kind of been heavy yeah. but today that um yesterday but today as well that that heaviness begins to lift you yeah. know mm-hmm. and so i'm i'm excited jason preached yesterday yeah. um about heaven's hallelujah and uh, I'm excited for you to share with us. Give us a kind of a brief overview. There may be a couple handles that we can hold on to this week as we think about praising our God. Sure. Yeah. It it was. Um, I I was thankful that I got this week to <laughs> to preach on this because you're right. It has been really heavy. Um, but I, I think that we shouldn't we shouldn't be so quick to rush past that heaviness. Um, I think one of the reasons why. When we talked about doing Revelation, you know, 18 plus months ago now, that um, one of the reasons we talked about doing it the way we're doing it is so that we don't skip over any of it. Mm-hmm. Um, because we we need those chapters there for for what we read yesterday to mean anything. Mm-hmm. You have to have chapters 16, 17, and 18. Mm-hmm. Um, and so all that being said, I, I was very thankful that we get to celebrate for a minute. And, um, and it, you're right that it's seeing the evil of the world ultimately punished um, is a lot. It's it's heavy because it's, like we've talked about in, in uh, previous weeks, there there will potentially, if, if the Lord comes back quickly, there potentially will be people that we know personally in that group of people that could be, um, <clears throat> that could be punished because of the decisions that they've made to follow after evil. Um, but yesterday we get to see this whole different scene. Um, it it's like the it's almost like uh, the battle's over, and so the dust is kind of settling. You begin to see what's on the battlefield, and yes, it is absolute carnage. Um, we we talked about that, where um, we we see that in verse three that um, the people of God are looking out over the battlefield, and they see the smoke of. Uh, the ruins of Babylon rising up, right? And so it's like this incredible scene, but instead of weeping and gnashing of teeth, we hear celebration, um, which sounds weird at face value that you would see people celebrating, but it's not its not celebration in like, yes, those people finally got what was coming to them. No, it's not that. It's celebration that God did what he said he was going to do and he is now coming through on all of the promises that we read throughout the rest of the Bible. All of Scripture has been leading to this point so mm-hmm. that God actually did what he said he was going to do. And so the celebration is our God is incredible because he did what he said he was going to do. And we who have remained faithful, as I'm putting myself into this group here, but if we were to say with these people uh, or with this multitude, we who have remained faithful now get to celebrate and experience the reward of being faithful. Mm-hmm. Um, and so yesterday, we the way that I, the way that I framed it was that um, in the New Testament, you only see the word "Hallelujah" four times in all of the New Testament. It's a word that's you, you, we find it all throughout the Old Testament, especially in the Book of Psalms. You see it over and over again. It's this Hebrew word, which is 
uh, Hallel, which means praise, and Yah, which is short for Yahweh. So praise Yahweh or praise the Lord is the, the English translation of that Hebrew word. Um, but what's interesting is that here in Revelation, a book that was written in Greek, you see this untranslated Hebrew word four times. So it's one of those things where you, you have to, as you're studying scripture, go, hold on, that's out of the ordinary. That probably shouldn't be there like that. Because later on in verse 4, you see the words praise our God, praise the Lord is in there, and it's not written as hallelujah. So John is using this word, and God is writing this word through John for a specific purpose, to, to grab our attention, to go, oh, hold on, that's not normally what we would see here. So um, we look at these four hallelujahs. All four of those times that you see hallelujah in the New Testament are right here in this passage, Revelation verses one, uh, Revelation 19, verses 1 through 10. Um, and we talked about how for the past three or four weeks, we've been looking at uh, Babylon and the prostitute. So that's one city and one woman. And now we're going to look at Jerusalem and the bride for the next few chapters. So we talked about how the end of Revelation is the tale of two cities or the tale of two women. Um, and and I, for one, am glad that we get to be done with the prostitute. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, it's just, it, it's not, um, I'm thankful that God shows us it there, but it's just not fun to dwell on evil. <laughs> it's just not fun. So we, we well, oh, I think go ahead. There, therein lies, too, the rejoicing, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. So it's not yeah. necessarily the rejoicing over the carnage or the individual people that are there. Yeah. It's, it's celebration that this era is gone. Absolutely. Yeah. <clears throat> like this rule and reign is over. Yep. Uh, we've oftentimes, at least in the podcast, maybe I've mentioned on a Sunday, but we've used the imagery of C.S. Lewis in mm -hmm. The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, or yeah. The Chronicles of Narnia. <clears throat> well, I'm reminded of uh, Jada, uh, Jadis, who, well, Jada, Jada. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. who, the, the White Witch, yep. right? Mm -hmm. Who, Somehow had made her way into um, into Narnia and caused it to be winter mm -hmm. at forever. All so, the time, yeah. so in C.S. Lewis's way of of showing the how this evil, if you will, was sitting on this whole place, mm -hmm. he gives you a great visual because it's always winter, right? Mm -hmm. And it's it. It's never Christmas. It's yeah, always winter, but right? never Christmas. Yeah, and so because <clears throat> Christmas is good, right? Yeah, but it's, it's always winter, so it's always cold. It's I mean, it's visibly you can see this thing mm. is sitting on thing. In Revelation, that is not as visible, right? Sure. Well, in, in our world today, right? You know, we can see evil, but we don't see it. It's not like tangibly, a yeah. like this thing sitting on it, like winter. Yeah. Now I'm not. I don't know if C.S. Lewis was trying to paint a picture of these warring worlds i guess uh probably but <clears throat> it's allegorical so right you know it it may have several meanings in his mind but what what you see is when that is fine like when aslan comes mm -hmm. right and and you know writes all the wrongs which yep. he's a picture of christ <clears throat> unfortunately there there are people left or animals and fallen mm -hmm. and characters characters <laughs> yeah. that Gave themselves over to the white witch and her way, right? And those individual, uh, those individuals were, you know, demolished or whatever. I mean, things happened to them as well mm -hmm. in that those those battles. 
but the celebration of winter ending, and you could actually visibly see it because trees started blooming, right. and, you know, all these kind of things. <clears throat> the celebration was was the fact that the era of, of the king, the White Witch was over. Right. Yeah. Uh, I think I think that's important to note and to realize um, in this passage is that you know yeah we're celebrating that God is doing what He said He would do, but the celebration is not over the carnage. The celebration is that the rule of Christ now is preeminent, right. rather than the rule of Satan and Babylon and all yeah, that. But sure. you're right. You. Number one, you knew you do need sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, mm-hmm. so that you see how amazing nineteen, 19 is. is. Yeah, absolutely. But you also, um, yeah, you're right. I don't, I don't want to dwell on that either. Yeah. Um, but we're not meant to. We're meant to see it and then dwell on these glories that yeah. we see from here on out. Absolutely. Yeah, you're, you're mm-hmm. absolutely right. And um, and the thing that the thing that I love as a worship pastor is that verses one through five give us this um, beautiful picture of a corporate worship service that's taking place in heaven um, that you don't see the multitude is not going, ha ha, yeah, you got what you what was coming to you to Babylon. The, the, the multitude in heaven is gathered around the throne saying, look how incredible our God is. Let's worship him. He's worthy of our worship because he is, uh, all salvation belongs to him. All glory belongs to him. All power belongs to him. And, and everything that he does is right and just. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, we <clears throat> talked about three things that we saw yesterday, that we saw in this passage was, number one, that God saves through his judgment. So, on the negative side, which is kind of what we've looked at in 17 and 18, is that, yes, evil is judged. But the, the flip side of that coin is that righteous the righteous are saved through God's judgment. By God judging and uh, punishing Babylon and evil and that kingdom now being wiped away, God has now saved his people who have mm-hmm. remained faithful. So that's reason to celebrate. <laughs> um, yeah. Reason to celebrate. And that's when we see, um, we see two hallelujahs there that... Um, number one, there's a hallelujah that um, that that God is powerful and mighty and strong. That uh, He has avenged the blood of the saints and mm-hmm. uh, and all all these these incredible things. But also that the punishment that that was um, doled out on Babylon and the great prostitute is just and mm-hmm. right, and it is complete as well. So it's not like it's not like God went in and knocked Babylon down and we won this battle. No, this is the end of the war. The war yeah. is over. The, this is this is final and complete. And so, hallelujah. God is God is worthy of our praise because he is powerful. He is mighty and strong and has overcome this evil. Um, and then also, I love that um, one of the things that I love about Revelation 19 and, and following, but specifically Revelation 19, is that you get... Um, I've I've seen too many movies, and so this is why my my mind goes here. But like, um, you know, movies where like you see a whole scene play out, and then all of a sudden it'll loop back, and you get to see that same scene play out from a different perspective. Mm-hmm. And that's that's kind of what is happening here in in this passage is that 
we've, we have been, uh, the, the camera has been focused on what's happening to Babylon and the great prostitute. And now we loop back and the camera is focused on God's people and, and in heaven and what's happening. Um, and so we see here, like in verse 4, you get to see the 24 elders again. You see the four living creatures that are around the throne. The ones that we read about all the way back in Revelation chapter 4. Uh, we've seen them. They've, they've come up a, a few times in the book of Revelation. Um, but they, they add in... Um, you know, amen. We agree with this. Hallelujah. Mm-hmm. Yes, mm-hmm. God is worthy to be praised. And um, and so you have this beautiful corporate worship service that's happening that all the people of God, all of the, the inhabitants of heaven are all together saying, we worship you, God, because you are worthy of it. You are almighty. You are strong. Um, everyone who is here, we worship you. Uh, and, and that's just a... It's a beautiful picture, and I think it's something that we should be excited to look forward to. Um, because, I, you know, I know that there's times, listen, I'm just as human as anybody else. There's times where you wake up on a Sunday morning, that alarm clock goes off at 6.30 for me, and I go, oh, it'd be really nice just to stay in bed this morning, right? Um, especially this past Sunday morning when it was nice and cool, yeah. and it was like, man, it'd be great to just stay under these covers. But, mm-hmm. But... It's not like that here. This is this is ultimate celebration, and it's something that we should look forward to. And it's what our worship services that we gather for, whenever we gather, are are a shadow of, and a, and a glimpse of, and a point. They point towards this ultimate worship service that we get to be a part of one day, um, because God is incredible, and I know that that seems like th- there are not English words enough mm-hmm, <laughs> to to, mm-hmm. to express the truth of this passage, but. Our God is incredible, and that's why there at the end of verse uh, 5, the the heavenly worship leader, if you will, calls from the throne, and he says, Everyone praise God. All of you who fear the Lord, whether you're small, whether you are great, we're all on the same plane here now. We're mm-hmm. all worshiping our God because he's worthy of it. Um, and that's what we should, be, we should be trying to do every time we gather is mm-hmm. from... Like I I think the way I said it yesterday was that uh, small and great, young and old, male and female, rich and poor, all of us, we are together and worship our God because he's worthy of it. Mm -hmm. Uh, He's worthy of all of our praise. Um, But not only that, not only do we see that God is just in his judgments, that he saves through his judgment, but we also see it's reiterated again that God is almighty and reigns over everything and he takes his bride as his own. And, and this is where we get that kind of scene change in verse 6 and, and the beautiful marriage supper of the Lamb. You know, one in, in our family, um, we've taught our kids to do this too. Like, we joke a little bit that anytime we taste something that is just absolutely delicious, we're like, oh, this is definitely going to be at the marriage supper of the Lamb. Like mm-hmm, we, you know, mm-hmm. we, make, we make that joke of like, oh, this is good food. This is going to be at the marriage supper of the Lamb. Mm-hmm. But this is uh, the marriage that and the, and the feast that, uh, that is talked about that is the ultimate reward for those who remain faithful to God. Um, but we see, we see the, the final hallelujah that's in the Bible is there in verse 6, and it's hallelujah— because God reigns over all things. He is the Lord God, the Almighty who reigns. And um, and the thing that, that we that's interesting to note is that in verses one through five, all of those hallelujahs are are warranted and right, but they all look back to say, look at what God did, hallelujah, let's praise him. But then this one here, it's it looks forward because it says 
Hallelujah, our God is now on the throne and he rules and reigns over heaven and earth Mm -hmm. the way that he was supposed to from the beginning. Um, This is what we're stepping into. The the previous Mm -hmm. five verses and the previous three hallelujahs have said this is what we're stepping out of. Mm -hmm. God has overcome all those things and now we're stepping into his reign, which is a a really incredible thing. And it's, it's, um, it's something that we shouldn't, just go like, oh, that's neat. No, this is like, mm-hmm. this is the thing. This, yeah, this yeah. is, as followers of Christ, this is what we look forward to. Um, and and I think that so often it's easy to get caught up in what's right in front of our face because we're so visual and we get so blinded to everything else by what's right in front of us that we lose sight of the fact that we we remain faithful to God and suffer through all of those, all the things that we experience in life so that we gain God in the end. It's not just we get to go to this cool party. It's not just that we get to go to this wedding. But no, we we get God. He is with us. That is the thing that we get, not what all of the ancillary things that come with God. It's that we get to be with God. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he takes his bride. And, and um, one, of the, one of the things that's interesting, uh, verses, uh, verse, verse 7 and 8, uh, let me just read them again because I think it's it's interesting here. So it says, uh, this is an angel speaking. He says, let us rejoice and exult and give glory, or give him glory, God glory, for the marriage of the Lamb has come and his bride has made herself ready. It was granted her to clothe herself with fine linen, bright and pure, for the fine linen is the righteous deeds of the saints. And um, on face value, that that passage could be a little bit confusing because it's like, okay, so I thought we were supposed to trust in God for everything and he's the one who makes us ready. But then it says that the bride has made herself ready. And, um, and I think you get into that kind of like uh, the confusion that comes sometimes with, with uh, James where it says um, that that faith without works is dead. So we have to have these works that we're doing. And it's um, it, it can be a little confusing, but I, I think that um, what it is is just that God gives us the faith that we need. God gives us um, the the righteousness that we need, and then that righteousness pl- righteousness plays itself out in our lives. So, mm-hmm. it's not that we had anything good in us that all of a sudden we're like, "Well, it's time to get ready for the marriage. Let's go do it." No, it's that God has given us righteousness, and then that righteousness has a natural and necessary effect on the way that we live. And so, um, I re- I really appreciated. Um, I-, I saw. Um, what uh, Danny Aiken had written about how we prepare ourselves because it is, it, you know, the, the way that we remain faithful is by remaining faithful. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> and the way that we are able to remain faithful is because God gives us the ability to remain faithful. Before you read that, can I yeah, just yeah, go chime ahead. in a couple of things? I, th- I think we, we feel like there's this dichotomy that there's really just not. like No, there's not. It, yeah. These things work hand in hand, um, you know, what what God does in our life and what we do with what God does in our life, yeah. you know, and and they both can exist. And not, now, in our finite understanding, it's hard for us to fathom, and we we yeah. we like things to be like completely buttoned up and wrapped up. And sometimes something like this just is is hard to understand sure. from a Western way of thinking, right? Which the Bible was written to Easter, so I mean, like you know, we have to kind of put away our Western thinking. Oftentimes, when we think about what the Bible says, yeah. number two, um, 
Yeah, another passage, I think that is a great passage you mentioned in James. Mm-hmm. Another passage is where Paul is saying that we should work out our right. uh, salvation with fear and trembling. But right before that, he's talking about how God is working salvation into our lives. Yeah. So it's the same exact thing. It's like God is working and we are working. God is working and we are yeah. working. God is doing this and God and we are doing this. And it's just all kind of wrapped up. And yeah. most people that it was written to didn't have to have it all buttoned up. Like we oftentimes want right. it to be in our American Western way of thinking. And so I think that's important because, and, and then also you're about to give us those practical handles. Like how, how do we prepare yeah. ourselves for this? That's huge. Like the Bible says we, that we are preparing our, mm-hmm. ourselves. The bride is, we're, we're the bride of Christ. So how do we do that? And, yeah. and I'm anxious. I love this quote. I, I was going to ask you to mention it if you weren't, but sure. I'm glad you are. So. Yeah, yeah, because I think that, you know, you could read all through this passage and just go, man, that's so cool that <clears throat> we get to experience that one day. But you would gloss right over the fact that there is, we have a responsibility in this. That we have we, preparation. We have that we preparation doing, yeah. that we're supposed to be doing. That's exactly mm-hmm. right. But um, D- Danny Aiken says this. He says, uh, the bride prepares herself by remaining faithful to Christ in a fallen and evil world. The bride prepares herself by enduring hardship in the midst of suffering. The bride prepares herself by trusting God in the face of martyrdom. And the bride prepares herself by obeying God to take the gospel to all tribes, languages, peoples, and nations. Um, and every bit of that is true. And every bit of that is, even for me, I look at it and go, that's a lot. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. how, how, do, how do I do all of that? And um, the the reality is God doesn't expect us to do that on our own. He doesn't say, um, hey, I'm going to go up here and get ready for the marriage supper and all that jazz. I'm going to leave you down here. Good luck. Get that, get that all figured out. No, we have the Holy Spirit in our lives to empower us to do those things through the power of the resurrection. Um, and so the, the beautiful thing about that was that um, you have to be reminded that that the the bride has prepared herself, has put on the fine linen, but the fine linen was given to the bride by God. And so um, the way that we remain faithful is by trusting in what God has given us. Mm -hmm. Um, And so the the final thing, um, and this is another kind of practical application will come in here, but uh, the final thing we saw was that, hallelujah, God invites us to celebrate. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. uh, we talked about, made the delineation between the bride of Christ is the church collective, the, the body of Christ that is the bride of Christ. But then God invites us as individual Christians to come and join the celebration. And that's what we see in verses 9 and 10 where uh, this angel says, Hey, blessed are those who God invites to the, to the marriage supper of the Lamb. Uh, and then he even has to remind John, he's like, Hey, this is true. This These words are true. I know it sounds incredible. It sounds like it's too good to be true, but it's not. It's true. Um, and then he has to correct John for falling down at his feet and worshiping the angel. And uh, the angel's like, what are you doing, John? Get up. Worship God. You, you can't worship me. I'm following God just like you are. We, we have to worship him, mm-hmm. um, which, is, which is a great segue into the practical part of it is that the way that we, re- we remain faithful to God is by following after God mm-hmm. um, and and not getting sidetracked by all of the things that we see in life, not being downtrodden to the point of despair because it seems like evil is winning and, uh, and righteousness is just thrown to the wayside. Don't get so beat down by the world that we lose sight of the fact that we have victory in Christ, that this is a sure thing that will happen. And 
um, one of the things we talked about at the end yesterday was that it's good for us to have images of this um, incredible worship service and this marriage and the marriage supper that, that we get to experience because it sears those things in our mind that when we are tempted to despair, when life does seem to get the better of us, we have these images in our mind to say, I know what I'm experiencing right now makes it seem like this isn't true, but I believe this is true, that I will have ultimate victory one day because of Christ. Um, and so it, it's, good to, it's good to remember that, to, to let this passage both be this incredible encouragement to us to worship God for who he is, for what he does, but then also let it be a challenge to us to continue to live in faith, to follow after God and to uh, remain faithful to him, knowing that um, if we remain faithful, the promise here is that we will receive a reward in the end of being invited into the marriage supper of the Lamb to celebrate. That's good. Yeah. Yeah, one one of the things, too, that, that we touched on yesterday, and I just— you know, having experienced all the things that our family has experienced this year with, with my dad passing away and, and all that kind of stuff, just to know that there's a day that is coming when we will celebrate and uh, and not have—that celebration will not be hindered in any way. Mm-hmm. Um, because even now, the think about the greatest party you've ever been to, the greatest celebration you've ever been to. It is somewhat, in some ways, stained by sin because it either, either it has to end or something doesn't go exactly right as you think it should or whatever. Even though it may be so fantastic and so much fun, it has to come to an end. This party never ends. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> it goes on forever, and it never it it, it never uh, falls flat. There is no. Um, I, I love one, one commentary that I read said that when, when we get to the marriage supper of the Lamb, that death is but a distant memory at that point. Um, and so it's just, for me, man, I read through this passage, and those, those a couple times I, <clears throat> I had my, in my office, if anybody had been close, they would have heard me go, dang, that's awesome. <laughs> like, because you just, you read through this and mm-hmm. it's like, gosh, this is so good that we get to experience this one day as followers of Christ. But um but yeah, just this incredible challenge that we get to follow after God and, and worship Him. Yeah, so. so good. Well, folks, you you hear that that the way you can prepare mm-hmm. for this, your own heart. And we do pray that you are prepared. Is number one, just falling headlong on the uh, on Christ, yeah. following Christ, living for Him, uh, giving your life. Um, over to his leadership in your life. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you've never trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior, man, we want to help you to do that. Yeah. Email us at thepathatlafayettefirst.life. Uh, we'd love to share with you how you can trust Christ as your Savior. Uh, but for those of us who have, this is a great promise. Yeah. A great promise that we um, we will have him eternally and we'll celebrate that. And because of all he's done, we are uh, indebted to mm. him for sure. So we want you to prepare for that. Uh, you do that by remaining faithful to him and drawing close to him uh, mm-hmm. in your lives. Uh, we want to help you do that. And so in any way, not just if you want to trust Christ as your Savior, but if there's any way that we can guide you and lead you, the best way to do that is to contact us. One yeah. of those ways is to email us at the path at lafayettefirst.life. And uh, that will get you to both of our inboxes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but see us on a Sunday if if you're not with us. Uh, connect with us online if you're if you don't, you know, if you're not 
attending here, yeah. uh, but you're watching online or something like that, uh, reach out through Facebook or wherever you uh, can. Um, follow us in, uh, on Instagram. You can connect with us yeah. there as well. We're out there. Every yes. avenue every avenue you yeah. might want to connect, Absolutely. we're out there. Yeah. So you, we'd love to connect with you in that way. Uh, well, until then, I'm Jay, I'm Derek. And I am Jason. I do that every time. <laughs> yes, because uh, usually it's Jason in you this You just spot. get it in your head, That's man. right. All it's right. in your head. That's right. My name is Derek, actually. And he's Jason. <laughs> and I'm Jason. And uh, we love you, and we want to serve you uh, in any way. Uh, until we see you next time, continue down the path. Bye.